Welcome back, everyone. Hope you guys are enjoying this podcast. Hope you all are doing well. I appreciate everyone's continued support. Uh, Please share this with others uh, who are in need of some encouragement and advice. Um, This episode especially is one I really am passionate about because of how it affected my life in such a major way. Enjoy today's episode in this series of Surrender Changed My Life, Episode 4, Breaking Free of Guilt and Condemnation. We continually frustrate ourselves. We try over and over again to to get things right, but keep making the same mistakes. A little bit of uh, my own story, uh, as I mentioned in um, the last episode, uh, just talking about like how God is always faithful, uh, even when we're not. And I never really understood this. Uh, I never really understood grace. I never really understood that no matter what, God doesn't think of you any less and that nothing you can ever do can earn your right standing with God. It's by grace through faith that we can ever be at peace and know that like God's pleased with us because trying to live a life of not knowing whether God is pleased with you or not, you feel just like you're blaming yourself all the time. And, and for me, uh, I was raised in the church. I, you know, I went to church because growing up, my parents, you know, they, they took me to church with them and stuff like that. So it's just a habit that I got used to. And, you know, you, you don't learn, you don't learn this kind of stuff in every church. I, I, like I've mentioned in my previous podcast, there are really good churches out there that preach the word of God, that, that love people genuinely and don't condemn people and don't make them feel like they're not good enough. Because when people who confess that they're Christians, when they confess that they, that they love God and they live according to his word, but then turn around and judge people and, and condemn people, people get the idea that must be how God is as well. And I had that impression. I, I grew up in a very, um, I guess you could say like religious churches and stuff where, um, if everything in your life wasn't perfect and you weren't doing it all right, for instance, if you swore something like that, it would be like, oh my gosh, how how could you say something like that? You can't call yourself a Christian and say something like that. I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm still like, I'm, it slipped out. I'm, you know, I'm growing. And this kind of mentality just makes you feel like you're never going to be good enough because you constantly are frustrated at the fact that you keep making those same mistakes. You keep going back to it. And eventually you begin to, loathe yourself. You begin to hate yourself. You think that you're not good enough for God. And I tried for many, many years. I would, um, go to church and 
act good on Sunday and all this stuff, but during the week, things would get hard. Uh, you know, stresses of life would come up and, and I'd find myself swearing or I'd find myself, you know, falling into temptation that like, I think every single one of us deal with, for instance, like pornography or something like that. And every single time I would just beat myself up and I would say, Oh, like I'm such a terrible person. Like I'm trying so hard to do the right thing. I'm trying so hard to be a good person and do what, what is going to make God happy and, and all this stuff, because that's what everyone else in my life told me. Like God, you know, he made me, they made me feel as if, uh, God wouldn't accept me and that I wasn't going to go to heaven because I did not, I didn't live a perfect life. God, God doesn't expect us to be perfect. God expects us to come into perfection. And that's what this episode is about. Um, but anyway, I, I got to a place in my life where I got so sick of disappointing God that the idea of what I thought God was, the idea of, of trying to be righteous versus accepting the righteousness of Christ. I never understood the concept of grace. I figured I'm never going to be good enough. I don't know how anybody else does it, but apparently they do. And I'm the only one who can't. So I felt like an oddball out. I felt like, oh man, I'm, uh, I don't want to associate with these people because they always condemn me. So eventually I walked away from church. I told, I told God, I'm, I'm tired of making the same mistakes. I'm tired every single time I say I'm going to do better and I don't. I do good for a little while and then all of a sudden I fall again. I stumble again. As I said in, in, in um, last week's episode, um, what makes us righteous isn't that we never fall, but when we fall, we get back up and we keep going. The Bible says that a righteous man falls seven times, but he gets back up. Seven is the number of completion. And so no matter what, we're, we're completed through our, our mistakes that we make. God brings everything back around to grow us, to teach us, to, to bring us into the fullness he has for us. And so I never, I never really understood this. And it, it made it very hard for me to live the life that I thought I, I, that seemed impossible at the time. And now I realize this truth about grace, this truth about there's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to deserve it. It's by grace through faith that we're saved. And God is the one who perfects us. We have to come to realize when we make those mistakes, this is not our true self. We are a spirit, then a body, not the other way around. Our flesh, which is our selfish nature, that we are born into of the world, we have to view like an unwelcome intruder who keeps breaking into our life, trying to convince us it belongs there. Nothing good comes from our flesh. 
That part of us is part of our carnal humanity. Yet upon receiving Jesus, we are now something new entirely and have the heart of the Father within our spirit. We want so badly to do what is right, but fail because we try on our own strength, of our own will. Our desire to do what is good gets damaged by the constant reminder of our mistakes, making us feel like we're not making any progress. We have a behavior that is contradicting who we are and our desire to do what is right. Now let it be confirmed today, your true identity, the new creation you have been made into through Christ is your true spirit. It is not the one desiring to do these things, but it is the intruder of your flesh and your sin hindering you from being who you truly are. We try so hard to do good, but evil and our selfish desires always seems to be there to sabotage our efforts. And then we let the enemy condemn us, making us think it is who we really are, the one making all the mistakes. But we can't blame or condemn ourselves for actions that are not really who we are. We have determined our true self. We have only the desire to please God. We have no desire to do wrong or anything of selfish motive, for we are made new in Christ by grace through faith. Therefore, we truly desire in our deepest part of who we really are to do only what is pleasing to God, and He knows and sees that. This false impersonation of ourselves is not truly us, but has for too long convinced us it is. It is waging a spiritual war against our true nature, who we were originally created to be before we allowed the world to change our identity. Again, just as we were created in the image of God, we are like him, a spirit. But just as Jesus was a spirit and made a body to be on this earth for God's ultimate plan, so we too are sent here as a spirit and given a body. But because of free will, man has over time corrupted our true nature and buried it in our selfish nature. Now our selfish nature dominates and makes us forget who we really are. It attacks our true character, which is shaped by the principles of the word of God. It is our conscience of our true self, our spirit that defines who we really are. It almost feels like we're in a prison with this unwelcome intruder trapped in this cell of our mind, our very being. It seems impossible to escape and it is as long as we rely on our own works and strength. But by faith and receiving Christ, we invite his spirit to, 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 to live within us. And it gives us access to his great power inside us. We now have Christ in this cell with us. He has shown us the battle we must fight daily to overcome this imposter posing as ourselves. We can never be able to stop condemning ourselves and we will continue losing this invisible war and disliking ourselves more and more because of it. But because God has shown in his word who we truly are, it takes the power of this false identity away. As we learn to see ourselves as we truly are a new creation in Christ. As I mentioned in the first episode, like the word of God is a mirror. It reveals like who we are. And... 
the more we read it, the more we get it into us, the more it begins to define us. Because we're made in his image and the word is his image. The Bible says, again, uh, uh, to reiterate in Genesis, in the beginning, the word was God and the word was with God. And so he is his word. And if you want to know who you are, you have to know who you came from. He showed it to me like this. Our false self is given its power only through continuing to take the blame and shame of our sinful nature when it it is not really us at all. The more I blamed myself, the weaker I became because our strength is found in the confidence of knowing our identity in Christ. The more we see ourselves as that old nature, the more we take the blame of that old nature, the more we defeat ourselves. Romans 12:2 says, "And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes, so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect." in his plan and purpose for you. That's the uh, amplified version. So I like that one a little bit better as it goes a lot more in depth. But um, how do we renew our mind? By getting more of God's word and his values in and the values of this world out. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, For as a man believes in his heart, so will he be. People are known in this same way. Out of the virtues stored in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit, but out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil, for the overflow of what has been stored in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard in your words. That's the Passion Translation of Luke 6, 45. Kenneth E. Hagin says, Faith confessions produce new realities. This means believing and speaking the word of God over you versus what the world says will transform you into who you were created and destined to be. Now Christ can renew our mind and who we are. We now have the power to break free from our false nature. We are now submitted and fixed on God's righteous principles. Thank God that he loves us so much and has revealed who we really are. And he sees us as perfect. For it is never really us that commits sin. Because who we truly are is incapable of such things. Only your flesh, the imposter identity can be subject to condemnation. For now we know condemnation of our true self is impossible and cannot even exist. It is only another lie to keep us from receiving the promises and true redemption that Christ has given us. Thank you, Jesus. Now we are free forever. Like we don't have to live that way anymore. This would have been so much easier for the last, like, before these last two years when I started going to my current church, it would have been so much easier to, to 
get to where I am today because I was constantly down on myself. I was depressed. I was suicidal. I just, everything was falling apart. And no matter how hard I worked, no matter what I did, no matter, you know, who I was in a relationship with, everything fell apart because I continued to make everything my own efforts. I continued to try to make it all happen. And God was there the whole time tapping me on the shoulder and saying, let me help you. Don't keep doing this on your own. You're, you're not able to do this. But, but because he's this still small voice, I didn't, I didn't listen. I didn't hear it. And so that's why this message is so important to me because I know there's others out there like me who may still be living under the, the stronghold of condemnation. So now that you know who you are, now now that you know whose you are, this is what this is when it becomes easy to understand. So don't let yourself ever again be led by anything of this world's ways or teachings. It means live only by the truth found only in his word and never let it leave the depth of your heart and who you are. It's what you're made of. God's righteousness, which we now have through our union with Christ, he has given us access through his sacrifice on the cross. We now are covered in the righteousness of Christ, and God does not look at us based on our mistakes. But when he sees us, he sees what Jesus did in our place. Our righteousness is said to be like clothing. Just to give you an idea, we clothe ourselves with the righteousness of God. That every day, just as you would put on earthly clothes, put on, speak over yourself these things daily. You are a new creation, no longer making time or thought for the things of your sinful nature. You set your heart and mind on the things of God and his kingdom. Your thoughts are led by the spirit of God that lives inside you. Now, this doesn't mean I'm perfect. And this doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. If you do this, it means that God is perfecting us. And the more we don't focus on our mistakes, the more we can grow and learn from our mistakes instead of beating ourselves up about it. You know, you are a new creation. Stop living by the mistakes and regrets of your past. Your former identity is now and forever deprived of any power when Christ died, he died in your place. That means your old nature died with him, but your spirit became alive in his complete righteousness. That's who you are. That's who you are now. You have to see yourself this way. The old is as, is, is as if it never existed. God created a sea called the sea of forgetfulness. As soon as you sin, that's where sin goes into the sea of forgetfulness because God wants us to understand. This was something that my, my young adults pastor, uh, pastor Bill at life church had said, and it was, it was awesome. When I saw this is that God looks at it this way. Oh God, I'm, I'm so sorry that I, I did this uh, thing and, you know, I shouldn't have done that. And God's like, what are you talking about? 
Well, you know, God, like that thing I just did. Well, what are you talking about? Well, God, y- y- no, I, I don't see that. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't, I don't, I don't even notice it. It's in the sea of forgetfulness. God literally created that sea to show us a picture of how free we are from our sin. Sin we did commit, sin we are committing, and sin we will commit is all in the sea of forgetfulness. God doesn't see us. He sees us through red-colored lenses, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't give the opportunity for the enemy to convince you that you somehow still are a person of sin. That just opens you up to an opportunity for you to sin all the more and think that your old nature still has power over you. But if it did, Christ would have died for nothing. The reason Christ came to die was so that sin would lose its power and death would lose its hold. By believing we are still sinners and identifying with that, we are disqualifying the meaning and the power of the cross and what Jesus did. You are reborn into a new nature. You no longer identify with the things of this world, but you are made one with the Father in heaven. Colossians 3, 5, live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who died to diseases. This means diseases no longer have power over you. This was a new thing I learned in, in, in uh, my current church as well and, and through Life Bible College that literally disease only has as much power over you as you give it because what you believe in your heart, so will you be. And out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. And so if you speak it, you're speaking it into existence. Do you believe you can, you can get a disease? Cause disease was the enemy taking, um, something that was meant for good bacteria and twisting it. Cause the enemy can't create anything. All he can do is distort it. All he can do is twist things. He was never given the ability to create, but we, because we're children of God have the power of death and life and the power of our tongues. So what we speak We can actually command disease, just as the word of God says. We can say to sickness, be gone. We can say to um, uh, injuries and different things like that. When you see someone on the street, the Bible talks about how as his children, we've been given the same power that raised Christ from the dead and it dwells within us because his spirit is within us. And... So when we lay hands on the sick, they recover. Let it be done all according to your faith. That's why God made it so simple. He said, it's by grace, by my power, working within you through your faith that you're saved. Not by works. So all desires of forbidden things, including the desire for wealth and different things that could become an idol... Don't desire those things. Just know that they're going to be there when you need them to be because God is your provider. But don't, don't look to those things that are impure, forbidden things because it's not what you truly are. It's not who you are. To desire those things is to give back into and believe again like, oh, 
that's that's who that's who I am like that's what I want is it really what you want or is it just because your mind has been so conformed to the world for so long that you forgot who you really are so Colossians 3 7 through 8 says that's how you once behaved characterized by your evil deeds, but now it's time to eliminate them from your lives. Once and for all, anger, fits of rage, all forms of hatred, cursing, filthy speech, and lying. We have to realize there are so many people in this world speaking negatively. Holy Spirit put it on my heart a while back when when I was not, when I was not nearly as careful as I am now about what words I allow to come out of my mouth. I'm still growing in this, but I said something one time and Holy Spirit said, there are so many people in this world who are speaking death. I need people who are speaking life so that life can come back to this world. Will you please be one of them? And it hit me like a brick. And I was like, oh God, I'm so sorry. You've given me this power and I've I've been taking it for granted. So please, please abandon those, those old, old habits of speaking death over people, speaking death over yourself, speaking negatively in general. And don't be fooled any longer by the disguise of your old nature that it's been using to try to convince you. You have not changed. You're still making mistakes that it's, that's all a lie. It's condemnation. God does not condemn us. That comes from the accuser, the devil. If you are ever feeling accused, you can rest assured that it is not God. God will never accuse. He corrects us out of love to keep us from consequences of our wrongful behavior. Because again, he sees the aftershock. He sees what's going to happen from us choosing those things. Or, you know, even if it's a good thing. Like, say you get into a relationship and you're not mature enough to handle that relationship. I mentioned in another episode, a good father doesn't give a gun to a child of four years old. He's not going to know how to use it. It's only going to end up hurting him. So God is trying to keep us from desiring those things too early on in our lives before we're mature enough to handle them. Nothing good has ever or will ever come from our selfish old identity. As long as we try to get it or don't trust God to give it to us and we try to get it on our own strength, it'll continue to just fall apart. I know this to be true in my own life. Every single time I'm like, okay, now I'm at a good place. I'm going to church. Like, um, I, I, I'm... I'm here, I'm like hearing the word more, stuff like that. As, as, as I've grown, I've tried to maybe get in a relationship and I was like, yeah, I'm definitely ready for it now. Cause, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I have a good relationship with God and there's something in the back of my mind that says, no, I'm, I'm forcing this to happen. I don't feel like it's, it's just happening on its own. I'm kind of like making it happen. And the more you make things happen, God will let you because of free will, but he tries to warn you. And 
it those things still end in destruction even when you're a christian even when you're you're saved and, and you're walking with god you're you're still trying to do things on your own and i've learned recently that you can understand grace and still not live in it. You can still choose to try to do things on your own. And don't do that. Don't make that mistake. Trust God. He knows what's best for you. Your passion should now be focused on passionately answering God's call and purpose and to continue yielding your body to him as one who has now experienced resurrection life. You live now for his pleasure, ready to be used for his noble purpose. Sin can't conquer you, for he already did. Without him, we all would be slaves to sin, but we can now serve the greater, our loving Heavenly Father. We are now, or sorry, we're not smart enough to control our own lives. We must rely fully on him. 1 Corinthians 16, 19 through 20. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary. You were God's expensive purchase, paid for with his tears of blood. So by all means, then use your body to bring him glory in everything you do. So know he loves you and know that he knows what's best for you. For our own good and from our heart not out of duty stay obedient let your life be molded by his continued revealed truth by being devoted to his teaching for now it is god's perfect righteousness that holds all power over you as his beloved children we are to imitate our father and it may seem difficult at times but it starts with understanding who you are and that he does not define you by who you were for you are now the righteousness of God in Christ. Don't try to be perfect. As you grow in your relationship with God, He will perfect you. Colossians 3.10 For you have acquired new creation life, which is continually being renewed into the likeness of the one who created you, giving you the full revelation of God. In this new creation life, your, national, your nationality, makes no difference your ethnicity your education your economic status they matter nothing for it is christ that means everything as he lives in every single one of us this is what it means to live in grace no longer by works for it is only by allowing god to change us we can ever grow we can no longer depend on our own efforts we will only continue to fail but when we allow God to work on our hearts and stop focusing on our wrongs, we are being changed and don't even realize it. It's like the analogy, if you focus on the caution cone when you're driving down the road, you're going to hit it. So don't focus on all your mistakes or you're going to continue to do them. Focus on how far, don't focus on how far you have to go. Focus on how far that you've come. And don't base your life off your own works of the flesh, but on the finished work of Jesus. You have nothing to be ashamed of. God sees you as faultless now. There is nothing wrong with you. There is everything right with you. 
If you begin to think and speak this way, it will transform your neural pathways and you will begin to truly see yourself as God sees you and live in the fullness of his blessing and joy he longs to give all of his children. Declare war on your old self. It can no longer be allowed to stay. Make the decision today to evict that imposter from your life as a daily practice. And like everything else, practice makes perfect. As you live this way, it will get easier and easier to live as you truly are. You can be free from the religious works of the false expectations placed on you by yourself, by others, and all those condemnations that come of it. All it takes is you doing your part through his grace, his power at work in you, not trying to do God's part for him because you can't. A really awesome quote. I love how uh, Joyce Meyer puts this. Uh, Grace is the power of the Holy Spirit available to you to do with ease what you cannot do by striving in your own strength. Grace is God's power coming into our lives freely, enabling us to do whatever we need to do. God's grace is always available, but we do need to receive it by faith. And we need to refuse to try to do things in our own strength without God. Every time we try Every time we try to do things on our own, we're literally stiff arming the grace of God. We're literally saying, no, God, I'm too prideful to let you help me in this situation. I can handle this. But we forget, as I mentioned in last week's episode, we don't even breathe. We have been given the breath of life through God. And so we should be thanking him for even the little things wake up in the morning, put our feet on the floor and say, thank you, Lord, that I have air to breathe today. And everything that I do this day, you're with me in it all. We need to change the way we think. We, we have to let our minds be transformed. We have to know that we are not alone, but that the spirit of God dwells within us. And we were never created to function on our own. When we try, we're functioning outside our purpose. We're functioning outside of our, of our design. And if you function outside your design, you're going to have failures happen all over the place. So focus on the truth of God's word, knowing that he's with you in everything you do. He never leaves you nor forsakes you. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I hope this is all making sense. If you have any questions, I want to help in any way I can. So you can message me on Instagram, Zach.Wolf.332. I'm sorry, Zach.Wolf.3323. And also, ladies who may be listening to this, if you want a little women's perspective, go check out White Linen Walk on Spotify or on the podcast app on iPhone. My good friend Bree, whom I attend Life Bible College with now for the second year, has a heart to help young women in their walk with Christ and has created that podcast for you specifically in mind. I've listened to it personally and it is awesome. She hits on some really great stuff. Go check it out. Well, I love you all. Be blessed and we'll catch you next time.